Guys, we're in the, the, uh, the clause of the Apostles' Creed that says, I believe in the Holy Ghost. I introduced that last week, and I made a conscious decision, and it was a bad one. It was a, it was a mistake. I, I, sh- I, I, I started with regeneration, and I shouldn't have. I should have started here. So I'm going to give you six or seven sentences about what I sh- where I should have started, and then we'll move on. First of all, I should have started with his person. That is the person of the Holy Spirit. He is a divine person. First of all, a person. Please don't ever call the Holy Spirit it. He is not an it. He's not a blind, impersonal force. He's not an electric shock. He's not uh, some kind of sensation. He is a person who takes up residence within the believer. So he is a person and a divine person at that. That is, he is a part of the Trinity. He is as equally as much God as the Son and the Father. He is the third person of that trinity. So, he is a divine person who takes up residence in the life of the believer. That's where I should have started, and I, I blew it. Now, the other thing that I would mention rather quickly is, in terms of uh, something that he does, has to do with his role in producing this book that we're studying here tonight. I think you know that the inspiration of this, of this book is attributable to the Holy Spirit. Uh, it is found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Let me read you that. Um, it's an interesting statement because it says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Um, you'll notice that it says that men spoke. I mean, if you try to translate the, uh, the Greek of the, uh, the apostle John, you'll find that his Greek is different than that of, the, uh, of than Paul. Men's personalities were not muted. Uh, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The one that produced the outcome is the Holy Spirit, but he used men to do that. Um, and he used all of their training, all of their, their experiences of the past. Um, when, you, when you read Paul, you've got this man of letters. You read John, and he's this fisherman, and he says things like, I am the way. <laughs> that is simple Greek, ladies and gentlemen. It is, it is profound stuff, but it is simple Greek. It is simple writing, and it's easy to translate because you're talking about a man who was more of a simpleton than was Paul. So men spoke, but they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, that's where I should have done first, and I didn't, and I jumped in at regeneration, and I, that was a bad decision. Now, guys, the initial work of the Holy Spirit is conversional. Um, When you talk about regeneration, you're talking about a converting act. Um, The ongoing ministry of the Holy Spirit involves conforming us to Christ. So if you think this is dull, drab theological content, mm, you miss something because, folks... In terms of the Christian's life, um, it is so important to understand the role that the Holy Spirit plays. Now, gang, here is a simple statement. You don't need to turn here. This is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, and it says this. If we live by the Spirit, regeneration, let us also walk by the Spirit. Sanctification. Side by side. We live by the Spirit. The first act of the Holy Spirit is conversional. That is, he converts us. But his ongoing work has to do with the Christian's walking. Um, With the goal of conforming us to Christ. 
when the Holy Spirit operates in this sanctifying way, the result is that we love the Father more, we love the Son more, and we love our sin less. But you notice I didn't say that you love the Holy Spirit more. Because the Holy Spirit says himself that his role is to glorify the Son. The Holy Spirit is not trying to get attention to, unto himself. He's not trying to draw attention to himself. He's trying to, trying to draw your attention to the Son. And if you're in any kind of religious environment that takes your attention off of the Son and places it onto the Spirit, you need to run. Because the Holy Spirit said he, or Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he will glorify me. Not himself, he'll glorify me. So, in this ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, um, you will find that the result is an increasing love for the Father, an increasing love for the Son, an increasing hatred of your own sin. That's what this work is all about. Now, gang, I'm going to put something up here that I hope will be useful to us later on in the evening. Um, but to give you some kind of idea of order and sequence. What I'm going to give you is just a portion of something that's called the Ordo Salutis. We've done this before. The Ordo Salutis is a Latin phrase which means the order of salvation. That's all it means. But there is a sequence here, guys, and I started in the wrong place. With it. But you start with regeneration, which is that, that conversional work. Regeneration then leads to conversion. Conversion, which consists of faith and repentance. Um, having exercised faith, that leads to justification. You, you know, we talk about justification by faith. Well, there's faith, so that leads to justification. All right, And then from there, um, this is something we don't talk about a lot, but um, this, this uh, rebellious sinner uh, has been converted now and turned into a son. It's called adoption. So his whole standing and his whole status has changed. And then from there, um, the work of sanctification begins. All right, now that, that's, a, that's just part of the order of salutis. It's most of it. It's like five of the eight. But <clears throat> that gives you an idea that the Holy Spirit's first work is conversion or regeneration. That's what we talked about last week. But this ongoing work um, is his work of conforming us into the image of the one that we now belong to. Now, gang, you got to get this. Justification and sanctification are different. But they come as a pair. You never get this one unless this one is a part of it. They are, de- they are separate, they are different, but they come in a package. Um, if this work has been done by the Holy Spirit, which leads to my conversion and my exercise of faith, and which is a, then leads to a statement of God about me in terms of justification, I'm now adopted into his family, this thing always takes place. So this whole notion that I, as a six-year-old, made some kind of profession and I got baptized, and now I'm a 26-year-old and I have absolutely not one hint of Christ's likeness in me. But you know, when I was six, 
I got baptized. I don't give a flip about your six-year-old baptism. Because, folks, this thing always comes with this thing. They come in as a pair. If I am a justified man, I am in some degree sanctified. Or, and, and being sanctified. You can never separate those two. Very honestly, ladies and gentlemen, the Roman Catholic Church's biggest complaint about us who believe in sola fides, faith alone, their biggest complaint is that they're suggesting that if, if, if you believe that one is saved by faith alone, then it leads to a very sloppy holy life. Because, you know, I got faith. Now, that's to misunderstand what we say, because we always say that this thing comes with that thing. And if this thing has not come, then that thing has not happened. So, whereas I think Rome misunderstands us, our position, um, I hope you don't. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a role that good works play. And you've got to get this right. I, I'm going to take this right from John Gerstner, but it's, I, I've never heard it said better. You know, Gerstner is R.C.'s mentor. Gerstner said, good works are required. Wait a minute, I thought we were saved by faith alone. Listen, here's what he says. Good works are required, but they are never meritorious. You've got to get that distinction. you just got to get it. Folks, they're required in the sense that they are a reflection of a new status. A new relationship. They're reflective of that. Now, how fast they come about and what pace, I, I, I can't get into that. I mean, I can't make that call. But I can tell you that they always come together. So, if there's no evidence of this taking place, ladies and gentlemen, if there is no creation or production of good works, good works that are not meritorious, they earn you nothing. But they're always reflective that this is taking place in your life. They come as a package. You've got to get that. Now, gang, the, the other thing that, that, um, that I, I hope will be so hopefully applicable for you, um, one of the things that I said last week about regeneration is that regeneration is monergistic. That's a word that means one power or, you know, God does this without any participation on your part. Okay? But one of the distinct differences in the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does this, and the Holy Spirit does this, but this work of the Holy Spirit is monergistic. This work of the Holy Spirit is synergistic. That means I do participate in this. I do cooperate in this. I don't cooperate in that. But it was this regenerative work of the Holy Spirit that brought me to life. 
I was a dead man spiritually. But regeneration has brought me to life. I'm now alive. And the Holy Spirit has taken up residence within me. So this, this thing that comes along with that, sanctification, now is dealing with a different person than this was dealing with. Now I'm alive. Here I was dead, but up down here I'm alive. And so there is a participation that goes on on the part of the believer in this whole sanctifying process. That's why we call it synergistic. Gang, you cannot imagine the, the, the amount of ink that has been spilt over this thing called activism or passivism. Um, um, the whole Keswick, or is it Keswick? I, I, I don't know whether there's a W in there or not. The Keswick movement um, was passivistic. That is, that sanctification is sitting in a rocking chair and waiting for the Holy Spirit to pour some in you. Um, who was the guy that people, um, my mother loved, um, and, and, and he was a, he's a fine-believing brother, but uh, Major Ian Thomas, does that name ring a bell? He was, he was one that promoted a passivism in, in, in an approach to um, sanctification. I had two women come to my office and just berate me one day about um, passivism versus activism. Now let me go back and review a statement I made a moment ago. Good works are required. They're just not meritorious. My good works don't earn me anything, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but they are the natural consequence of having been born of the Spirit and the Spirit now living within me. And now He is bringing me up into conformity with this new status and this new identity that I have as a result of being born of the Spirit. Okay. Now, I'm going to use an illustration. It is not a very good one. I, I did sit at my desk this morning some and I tried to think of a better illustration, but, but I... I um, I came up short, so I'm going to just return to the old standby. Gang, let's say that I smoke cigarettes. I don't. I never did. I never was a smoker because I thought I was this, this outstanding athlete, and, and I was told that if you smoked, it would cut your wind. Uh, that is, you wouldn't be as able to run as fast or as far or something. So I never smoked. Never smoked. Um, I, I, I did smoke a grapevine one time outside of church one day um that was with uh mike i forget <clears throat> anyway um but i never smoked cigarettes all right so but but let's just say i do you know i'm a i'm a big smoker and i'm trying to quit i'm trying to quit um because you know i you know i i need to run faster so um i pull out a cigarette out of my pack and uh that i have rolled up in my sleeve <laughs> being the two true kingsbury boy that i am um and so i pull out a cigarette and i put the cigarette on my lip you know how that paper used to stick to your lip remember that you smokers you uh it sticks to your lip and and, and here's what i did because i really wanted to quit smoking i looked up into heaven and i said god if you want me to quit smoking, I want you to knock that cigarette off my lip. Uh, 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, may I, may I be the first to inform you, God is not knocking that cigarette off your lip. You must reach up and take it off your lip yourself. Now, but in terms of my addiction to nicotine, I'll never be able to win it apart from the enablement, the assistance, the empowerment, the initiation of God the Holy Spirit. But I, I must cooperate with this new principle within as I seek to grow into the likeness of Christ. There is a, there is a synergism um, involved in this growth process that we call sanctification, guys. So uh, to deny that, I mean, to say that I'm not, you know, God must want me to continue smoking if he didn't knock the cigarette off my lip, um, that would be the good argument of a, of a, a pacifism that I'm just going to sit and wait for him to knock it off there when, when he expects me to reach up there and take it off my lip. Knowing that, apart from his assistance, I will never be able to win this battle over nicotine. There is a cooperation. Do you see? Um, I must participate. Um, let's say, uh, I'll give you another one. Um, let's say that I have a real problem with porn. I don't, but let's just say I do, Okay. And um, I work right here. And the porn store is right here. And I live right over here. And um, every day when I get off work, I, um, I, on my way home, I go this way. And I just can't understand why I keep being tempted to porn. Um... So I say, God, would you please remove this interest that I have in porn? Would you really take that away from me? Okay, in terms of winning over that godless thing called pornography, I cannot, I'll never accomplish that apart from the power of the Holy Spirit of God. But the thing that I can do is change the way that I go home. I can do that. And dead gummit, change the way you go home. So you've got this issue, that issue, the other issue. You know, um, let's say your marriage is rocky. And uh, there's some high school um, uh, friends that continue. But the marriage continues to fracture while you stay on emails with your old high school girlfriends well let me tell you what ladies and gentlemen um the holy spirit is not going to break your computer but you can sure turn the dead gum thing off and you can still not reply to emails because sanctification is a synergistic process ladies and gentlemen it's a growth process in which i cooperate with god the holy spirit that's now living inside me he his goal is to make me like christ and that's what's going on i am being slowly brought into a, in terms of my behavior into line with this new identity that i have um 
and a new status that I have as an adopted son. Now, guys, this is another little tricky part for all of you theologues out there. <clears throat> Gang, when it comes to... Can you still read this? <clears throat> this used to be uh, justification. All right. All right, gang. In the Protestant evangelical world, all of us believe the same thing about justification. Justification uh, is an act of God's free grace by which he declares us righteous based on the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Did you get that? That was pretty good. There is a righteousness that is imputed to us. You know what that means? You know, I get credit for it. Uh, I, I, I am enrobed in Christ's robes of righteousness, however you want to say it. That is an imputed righteousness that belongs to Christ given to me. Luther called it extra Nos, an alien righteousness. It's alien in the sense that it doesn't belong to me, but it's given to me. Okay? That's justification. Rome's view is entirely different. They talk about an infused and an inherent righteousness. That is, back in this dude over here, he's got some righteousness in, on the inside that cooperates with grace. And so it's, um, it's faith plus merit. It's a, it's a resident righteousness. And, and Martin Luther and all of Protestantism ever since then has said, no. The righteousness to save us is a righteousness that's granted us. I'm, I'm saved on the basis of Christ's righteousness that becomes mine. You remember that uh, parable about the wedding feast and the guy comes and they all have to have a wedding garment on. But the wedding garment's provided by the, the man throwing the party. I don't produce my own wedding garment. You got that? Because here's the distinction. <laughs> when it comes to sanctification... There is an inherent righteousness. Why do you think that is? Because the Holy Spirit of God has taken up residence within us. As a result of my union with Christ, there is now a res there is an inherent righteousness that then begins in seed form and grows more and more into the image of the one whose righteousness Save me in the first place. Get that? <laughs> now, gang, um, just kind of quickly. Um, <clears throat> you, you know, people ask me in this order salutis, uh, um, how long does it take all of this to take place? I don't, I will in the sanctification is a lifetime. But this, these first four. I don't know, a nanosecond? I, I don't know, uh, three seconds? I, I don't know. But this is just the sequence in which they happen. But it could take place in, you know, in, you know, a matter of seconds or minutes, but the sanctification, you know, as I said. But at the point that I become new, justified, adopted into his family, 
That's when. <laughs> That's when life really gets complicated. Really gets complicated. The battle begins. Do you know that, that, um, that it's in two places? It's in Ephesians 4 and Colossians, is it 2 or 3? I think it's 3. Um, about the new man, old man. Put off the old man and put on the new. And that battle begins. Because now I am, I, I, I'm, um, I'm schizophrenic. Before I became a Christian, I had one nature. Now I got two. There wasn't any battle when I only had one. But now I got a second one. And, and you know, for um, people to say, come to Jesus and all of your problems will be over. Well, in one sense, that's true. In terms of eternal condemnation, I, you know, I, I'm, all my problems are over. But in another sense, ladies and gentlemen, come to Christ and my problems just begin. Um, I, I'm not going to waste your time with this story again, but I... I <clears throat> gang... Um, I was raised in a world like, just like you were. And when I was about to graduate from the University of Tennessee, I st- did all the interviews and, and uh, took all the job uh, interviews that, you know, they would fly me over here and fly me over here and fly me over there and, and, and they would interview. And, and I'm telling you, I kind of knew what they were looking for. If I was interviewing with General Mills or Procter & Gamble or um, CNS Bank, or it didn't, it didn't make any difference. They were all looking for... The same thing, you know, some ability, but they wanted to see some kind of self-assured, self-confident man, you know, somebody who could uh, go out there and win the world for the company, you know, go out there and uh, make a mark. And then I became a Christian. And all of those self-sins are denounced. They're hated. They're awful. They're a hindrance to conformity to Christ. But the world told me this, and as long as I had one nature, man, I, I performed well in those interviews. I think I told you about the, the guy that, the bank psychiatrist or whatever, who tried to tell me that they shouldn't hire me because um, uh, he wasn't too impressed with me. And I had my little three-piece suit on, you know, and he was saying, well, I don't think you're that hot, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, you think you can do this? I'm like, he said, no, well, I don't think you can. And, uh, you know, about four minutes into it, I, I, I figured it all out. I figured what, what, what he was doing. You know, he was kind of saying I was going to respond to all that attack, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry, at least I guess that's what he was doing. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't take the job. Uh, they did offer it to me, by the way. Well, I should, I should have held that, but um, when, I, uh, when I finally figured out what he was doing, I said, well, all right. He said, well, I don't think you're very much in the trust department. And I said, well, let me just tell you this, mister. In about three years, you're going to be working for me. <laughs> and in 45 minutes, I had a job offer. And then I became a Christian. And all of those things had to go. There was this battle that was now being waged between the old man and the new man. And then, not to mention the opposition of the devil, 
very frankly, he didn't show up much when I was an SA at the University of Tennessee because he didn't need to. I was doing quite well without him. <clears throat> but then I became a Christian. And then all hell broke loose. Then things really got complicated. And ladies and gentlemen, may I say this to you, and I hope you'll hear it down at the base of your soul. We fail. It's a part of this battle royale that has now erupted inside your own soul because of a new man and an old man that's good. You know, and you're going, you're never, you're not going to make it. I remember on, you, you tell somebody to come to Christ and, and, um, and uh, you know, they'll be saved and they look at you and they say, well, is that all? And I say, yeah, that's all. I mean, all you have to do, I mean, that, it, 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 it's, all you got to do is exercise faith. It's only going to cost you everything you got. Because then the battle begins. And, and we got the personal devil that fights us. we got the, the world that's got a whole different set of definitions. And I've got a new nature as opposed to the one that needs to be put to death. And so I fail. To the end that, I come to the place as did the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 when he says, you know, I don't get it. I don't get it. The good that I would, I do not do. But the very evil I hate, I find myself doing. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the voice of a regenerate heart. And the key in the sentence is, the very sin that I now hate. I hate it that I failed. And I don't, I don't plan to fail. But the good that I would, I do not do, but the very evil. As a result of this new nature, it's an evil that I hate. So, ladies and gentlemen, the work of the Holy Spirit, who, in whom I believe, the first part is conversional. He converts me by regenerating me. If we live by the Spirit, the ongoing part is that he's bringing me over a lifetime into conformity with the Jesus that now I, I now adore. And sometimes it doesn't look pretty. But I am, um, we are making progress, aren't we? in an increasing love for God, in an increasing love for the Savior, and an increasing hatred of our sin. Our Father, I, I pray that you will um, make this clear to your people in such a way that they might be comforted, but that they might, might also be motivated so that we might make strides. Uh, help us not to um, uh, sit and take comfort in little progress. The little progress we long, we, we hope will lead to more progress. Do that by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit we ask, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you and good night.